Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here and the McKenzie. Well, let's just keep <laughs> go yeah. by that one for right now. Uh, but we have got Brad Furlan in studio with us and Melinda White, and they are co-chairs of the Substance Use Substance Abuse. Jeez, where is it? I can you Sub- say the phrase? Substance Use Addiction Summit. There you go. I had it written down, and all of a sudden I couldn't find it. Um, and so, good morning, Brad, and good morning, Melinda. Yeah, good morning, uh, good Kurt morning. and Anthony. Nice. And, Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Of course, we know this is such a huge, unfortunately, such a huge and important issue that seems to have, it looked like we'd sort of gotten a handle on things a little bit a few years ago. And I guess maybe during the pandemic, things got worse and have continued. Is that what we're finding, Brad? That, that is correct. The, uh, the deaths in Vermont uh, have gone up and uh, it's across the whole state. It's every county gets impacted every single month, every single day, really. It is, uh, it, it is uh, just um, insane. It, it feels like it's out of control. Yeah, yeah. Well, the drugs are getting um, trickier with the fentanyl and all the um, things that are in them. They're much more powerful. They're they're unreliable to the user. They mm-hmm. just don't you know know what's in it, and it's it's a real problem. And then you hear about um, you know I, I know we think about drug overdose and addiction. I my mind immediately goes to what I call the the heavy duty ones like heroin. But you hear now with fentanyl, um, kids taking Adderalls and things like that. That, uh, that there's fentanyl in them, and they're, and those two are potentially deadly. Yeah, it's in uh, marijuana, it's in cocaine, uh, it's in the you know. So, and let's uh, let's pull Melinda White in. Melinda, can you talk about a little bit about how this came together? I know this is the second summit. Um, can you talk about a little bit about your history, how you and Brad uh, got together on this project? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess first and foremost, I am a person in recovery myself from substance use. So historically, I uh, struggled with alcohol use, and that resulted in four DUI arrests. Also got into heroin, cocaine, and all of the other uh, quote-unquote hard stuff, as you mentioned. And one thing I'll, I'll just quickly say about the trends on the street today, too, is that you know, drugs have been an issue for many, many years. But what we're seeing on the street is not only that there's pressed fentanyl and prescription pills that people think are allegedly prescription pills, um, but they're pressed fentanyl. But the other substance we're seeing, and there's no reversal or treatment for right now, is xylazine, which is a tranquilizer for animals. So that's been a big challenge for us on the streets to reverse overdoses because there is no reversal for xylazine. Um, And then to to answer your question about the summit, so Brad approached me a couple years ago and said that he'd like to uh, do an event of some sort to raise awareness because the pandemic uh, did get a lot of coverage, which was obviously crucial. However, addiction took a sidestep and there wasn't as much focus on solution and people were dying at a rapid rate. Um, so that's really the, where it all started is Brad and I uh, feeling like there was a need to raise awareness and open something not only to the providers to network, but also to the public to learn more about where the solutions are. And Melinda, can you Give us some of the details of the summit that's coming up, I know, in a couple weeks or so. Absolutely. So the summit is on Friday, August 11th at the Champlain Valley Expo. It's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. From 10 to 11.30 is the summit presentation. We've got a great lineup of speakers, including the health department, to provide some data statistics. We do have Dr. Levine joining us, as well as Monica Hutt. 
We've got Vermont Alliance for Recovery Residences uh, coming to share about the certification of those recovery residences in the state. Jenna's Promise is going to be joining us. We have Anthony O'Shaughney with Granite Recovery Centers. They populate multiple states and have fantastic programs. Teen Challenge will be joining us. We have an amazing keynote speaker, Maureen Cavanaugh, the author of the book, If You Love Me, and it's a mother's journey through her daughter's addiction. So she'll share about her experience and the family program. Um, we're also going to be having booths and breakout rooms in the afternoon, and we have upwards of, it'll, we're hoping to get to 100 booth holders. Right now we're about 20 shy of that. But various organizations from not only Vermont, but New York, New Hampshire, Maine, that are going to be sharing about the services that they provide. So it really is going to be a, a, a large uh, gathering of all sorts of different support services and options for people. That's it right. Is, and that's correct. We look at like the social matrix of an individual, not just what they're using for substances, but we look at their housing status, uh, at their healthy pro-social connections, their, do they have access to food, transportation. So we look at the social matrix and we've got providers that are coming that might only focus on connection to employment, but that's such a huge piece for somebody in recovery to be able to get gainful employment. We have um, organizations that where United Way is going to be joining us, and they fund a number of different services. There's family support programs. So it's not only uh, treatment and recovery providers, which is what makes this event so unique and special. Let's uh, try to go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. No phone still. I'm not oh, there. Well. Sorry. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, because this is uh, really important right now. Um, and uh, we just got to take a quick two-minute break. And we'll be back uh, to talk about this summit that's coming up. Uh, Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Continuing our discussion with Brad Ferlin and Melinda White, and we're t- they are the co-chairs of the Substance Use Addiction Summit. I got it right that time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's coming up June 11th at the Champlain Valley Exposition. And uh, Brad, this is the second one. Correct. Can you, looking back at the experience of last year, the first summit, what came out of it, do you think? What did, what did you learn out of that first summit? Well, we learned that uh, networking is extremely important so we had all of these entities from all around the state um, who had booths they hadn't seen each other for a couple years because of covid so immediately everybody who hadn't been together suddenly was together but we also want to make sure that if if like one county one like jenna's promise is really a great uh, place for recovery it's a model. Mm-hmm. And so one of the premises of this summit is if we have good models, share the model. Yeah. If we're doing like in Rutland, uh, uh, we have really good success with getting into the, into the prisons and helping in that. And that's being developed. Model it everywhere in, in the state. And Melinda, we, we talked a little bit in the first segment about the you know the pandemic and the effect that had because things were seeming to move in the right direction um and now has gone has gone backwards do you think that what other factors do you think have caused the the increase outside of the pandemic the increase in addiction i'd have to say the biggest one is that the the substances that we're finding on the street nowadays are more potent and deadly than they ever have been um, I had briefly mentioned xylazine, which is also known on the streets as trank or trank dope. 
And what's happening is people are mixing xylazine in with alleged cocaine, heroin, and there's fentanyl cut in there too. So the combination of that kind of a tranquilizer in addition to an opioid is killing people at a rapid rate. It's also a flesh-eating disease. So people, their skin and their flesh starts rotting from the inside out, and it's not specific to the injection site. It's just the way that this drug works, and there's no known reversal. And And we've seen a lot of cases of that so far? We have, and unfortunately, we continue to see those cases rise more and more in the state of Vermont. Um, it's like like any trend. We hear about it across the country and in various areas, and now we're seeing it spread across and increase in the country, and we're seeing it in Vermont, unfortunately, more often than we wish we would be seeing. And it's so easy to get. It, it, it is. It, it, it just confounds your brain sometimes to to think to to take it to that level. Um, the you know, addiction is 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 such a difficult thing for so many people. Um, so this is designed not only to bring everybody together that that serves people who are addicted but say somebody's listening right now and they're struggling with addiction could they just show up at the event and just kind of walk around what, what? they absolutely can and that's the premise it's they can come in incognito not only somebody who feels like they're addicted or has a problem family members can come in to to shop the resources so to speak yeah or encourage somebody and we we actually have entities there that if you wanted to get into recovery that day on August 11th, you can do it. Be a private room, be screening. and, and um, So literally, you know, you're making it that accessible. Whether you yourself feel like, oh, this is it, this is my sign, I'm, I'm t- it's time for me to go. You just can come in incognito, talk to a bunch of different folks, and if for whatever reason you get motivated or moved to do it, you can do intake right there in private, though, like you said. Yeah, that's right. And and people, we we call it a moment of clarity. Maybe they just they've had enough, and yeah. or their family members can encourage them in a nice way with love. You know, just check it out. You don't have to make any commitment. Just check it out. Right. Yeah, and just walk around and talk to people that look like there's somebody you want to talk to. Yeah, there a lot of people there um, will be. People who have been where they where they are, yeah, uh, and that helps. And uh, Melinda and Brad, you both have been very open about your own addiction issues in the past. I'd like to hear from both of you. Start with Melinda. Melinda, how did if you can tell us how how did your addiction start, and how did you? What was the big thing that got you through it? That got you to where you are today. So for me, it was, you know, my my addiction began when I was younger, and a lot of it was that curiosity, right, as a young person interested in, you know, drinking and trying various drugs, but it actually, I was a later bloomer than the average bear when it comes to uh, getting into the hard drugs and becoming a daily user. That was my mid to late 20s, and it was, you know, going through a change in my family, going through a divorce, and for the first time in my life, I still remember the day that I gave myself permission to use for all of the wrong reasons. Um, because prior to that, I still lived in that world of denial, feeling like I could stop when I want, and I'm only doing it to have fun. It's not to treat anything. And then over the years in my late 20s, it, it got horrific, and I was hospitalized a number of times. I spent a combination of almost two years in various residential programs. If I had to try to highlight in a brief way what the solution is and was for me, I mean, first off, it was the power of a praying mother, um, it was also people holding me accountable in a loving way and setting boundaries so they were no longer enabling me, and it forced me to take my power back and get healthy. And then the biggest one is connection. And we continue to hear 
the opposite of addiction is connection. And I can say firsthand from experience, that's absolutely true. Everybody needs somebody to be there for them when they're finally ready to get on the path and they don't know where to start and how to do it. And Brad, how about you? Yeah, so my journey started early in life. I lost my dad to suicide when I was eight and uh, sort of shut down from that and then eventually went into sort of an alcohol self-medication routine (laughs) that that didn't really work very well. It it worked for a while, but then it didn't work. And I hit this uh, point of no return where I was really, you know, in a place of uh, kind of the line in the sand of, kind of life and death for me too. And uh, I was lucky enough uh, almost 20 years ago that I found help and uh, and uh, moved on and my life's been pretty good. How did you, how did you find help? Uh, I went into um, self-help group mm-hmm. and uh, really um, made it part of my life on a daily routine and uh, had a lot of people, like Melinda said, you know, when you're talking with people and sharing with people who have been through what you've been through, mm-hmm. um, nothing is a mystery anymore. You don't have the secrets. You can you can share openly, and it, it's it's really an amazing thing. Well, I I think that putting all of these resources in one place is phenomenal. And when you you pull up the list of of the participating people that are going to be there the groups that are going to be there and i know you're shooting for a hundred i i find great uh inspiration that there are a hundred organizations within our community at large that are out there that help people yeah and that's that's one of the beautiful things about the summit is to bring them all together share the resource we've got a lot of work to do we you know we have deaths on a regular daily basis yeah and the more um, everybody learns from everybody on this, there is hope. That's sure. the whole premise. I, I just, I am blown away, uh, Melinda. I mean, I realize you're you're uh, with the uh, Howard Center, correct? Correct. I'm with the Howard Center, and I also work for the Turning Point Recovery Center in the local emergency department. And then I'm also on the police advisory board, and we have a passion for connecting law enforcement to treatment recovery providers. But I, I'm, I'm looking at the list of, of participants from, you know, uh, Obviously, addiction recovery and turning point, but there's also, you know, um, you know, work help finding work. The, the, the Franklin County Sheriff's Office. There's just all these different people that would help uh, people with that are suffering from addiction uh, in across the spectrum. And Spectrum Youth Services is there too, to use the term. Uh, I just I think it the just this concept is ingenious, and it's open to the public. Anybody can come. It's free and open to the public. We've um, Melinda can mention some of the sponsors, but what we wanted to do was have no barriers. Our booth holders don't pay; they come in for free. Uh, anybody from the public comes in for free. This is all about recovery and making it right. as easy as possible. And Melinda, we will have you read some of those sponsors uh, just at the very end. But I first want to just ask you: uh, We know that for a while the hub and spoke model that state was employing seem to be working. We know you've talked about the different, the different factors that have changed that, that have have the numbers on the rise dramatically again. Do you think there was a problem in the hub and spoke model that the state was using or, or is, is there anything that the state should be doing differently than they're doing now? 
I mean, I think the, the hub and spoke model is most definitely a brilliant uh, model, and it has worked well when we look at opioid uh, recovery. But the reality is what we're seeing on the streets is that while the use of opioids itself may have gone down, there are a number of people that were addicted or even recreationally using stimulants, you know, things like meth and cocaine and whatnot. But, but those drugs are also being laced with fentanyl, which is an opioid. So the challenge is that the hub-and-spoke model does work well. However, there's no medical treatment for stimulant use disorder. The only treatment that's been shown effective is contingency management, which is incentivizing patients to stimulate the same part of the brain as the stimulants use. So that's been one of the challenges is that, you know, the, the problem that we had 10, 15, 20 years ago with opioids, it, it's still there. It's gotten better because there's more access to whether it's methadone, suboxone, naltrexone, to various medication-assisted treatment. But again, the challenge is that the other drugs that are on the street that people are using is getting them hooked to opioids without even them knowing ahead of time and using it. And also because there's not effective enough treatment and not as much treatment available for stimulants. Have either one of you seen, and I'm asking you this because one of our listeners texted me this, um, have you either of you seen a documentary called Dope Sick? Yes, powerful documentary and very educational. On Netflix, I think? Yep. Okay. Um, I was just told to, to watch that, that it's very enlightening. It's I think it's about to, has a lot to do with Big Pharma. Is that right? It does. And when we look at, you know, back on when there were opioid prescribing was, people were, the doctors were prescribing way too much. And that's because Big Pharma said that, you know, essentially, and I'm only paraphrasing this, but, you know, they had a recommendation for how to prescribe, and unfortunately that recommendation was not accurate and there was extremely high risk. So in 2018, the prescriber laws changed. Luckily, we had more hub-and-spokes available to individuals who were being tapered off these humongous doses of narcotics to be transferred into an MAT program. But, yeah, Big Pharma, unfortunately, is one of the reasons that we are in the position that we're in, especially when we're talking about opioids and opiates. Uh, we are basically out of time, Melinda. If you can give us the details of the summit again, and also if you want to mention some of the sponsors. Absolutely. So the summit is on Friday, August 11th at the Champlain Valley Expo in Essex Junction. And we the summit itself is from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. From 10 to 11.30 is the summit portion with the speakers. From noon to 4 are the booth holders and the breakout rooms. We have a huge list of sponsors that we're extremely blessed to have. Um, I'm going to list some of the silver sponsors we have, which are Granite Recovery Centers, Sauna at Stowe, United Way, Department for Substance Use, Northwestern Medical Center, Savita, and then we've also got the Kingdom County Recovery Center and Turning Point of Franklin County that have been given giving us some access to employee time. So huge list of sponsors. It goes on and on for some of our bronze and gem sponsors, and we're such a blessed and community to have the support we have around this free event that's open to the public. Brad Ferlin and Melinda White, the co-chairs of the Substance Use Addiction Summit coming up on August 11th. Thanks for being on the Morning Drive today, today, and thanks so much for what you're both doing. This is obviously really important. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, Alright, we're going to take a quick break, check in with Fox News. I mean, it's got the headlines, we've got the forecast, and then we'll be back with uh, uh, Dr. Steve